everybody, this is Blake Garris, associate producer of editorial content, and I am here with a very special guest at C2E2. This is Chad Michael Murray, here at C2E2 with just a group of amazing people, the best fans, the most positive energy, and I wouldn't rather be anywhere else. We were talking earlier that you are a big Gambit fan, apparently. Can you talk a little bit about that? God, I think as far as iconic characters in comics go, in order, it has to go Wolverine, then Gambit. As far as the alpha male, leading man, sex symbols of comics, you know? I don't know necessarily, but if you took a poll in geekdom, I'm pretty sure that all the ladies in geekdom may say, yeah, Gambit's pretty sexy. So as far as who he is, you know, the Cajun background, the way that he comes forward, you know, the enigma that he really is, I find Gambit to be the most fascinating character in the Marvel Universe. Would you be willing to tell that story you told me a little bit earlier about the, the film? I'll just say that I had an opportunity to meet a lot of the people associated with making the Wolverine franchise and when Gambit was there and the idea of spinning that film off into a series and creating Gambit's own world I had heard through the grapevine and I think that God willing it all comes together and comes to fruition but I think that it's going to be a very very cool world and everybody's going to be very happy with it including the fans mostly. You're also here because you have your own book out now. Would you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I did a project with Arkea, and Arkea does really, really high quality, great graphic novels. I wrote a script years ago that's kind of in the vein of The Crow meets Constantine. And pre-apocalyptic, everyone has their theories on, you know, oh, the world's going to come to an end. Well, a man showed up at my doorstep and said, 144,000 people are going to survive the end of days. Do you want to be one of them? And I said, oh, i got to hear this. And I sat and I listened to the man on my porch. And Now, what he was preaching about necessarily wasn't for me, but out of that spawned this idea, well, what if only a certain amount of the civilization was going to survive the end of days and give mankind a second chance to repopulate and start over and make different choices? How would you be chosen? Would it be the genetically perfect? Would it be the sin-free? Would it be talent skills? What would put you in that group? And then out of that, a man, Derek Everlast, was born. And he's a soldier that uses the sixth sense that we all know and have. The thing that in the back of our heads that tells us, you know what, I shouldn't ride the subway today. You know what, I'm not going to get my car today because I just have a bad vibe. You know, that sixth sense we all have, we call it the nudge in Everlast. And it guides him to the people that are chosen to survive the end of days. And he has to take them down to a secret place, which will be the new Garden of Eden, basically, to the religious aspects of it, I guess, called Haven. And it's a deep underneath the crust of the earth and there's passageways all over the earth and we use really really cool mythology everything from journey to the center of the earth to old expeditions that our government actually funded to search up north of Alaska and all these things that kind of really brings it all true and so we kind of root everything in a very real mythology. Was this your first book? Yeah. Was it tough? It was a crazy experience. I mean, I've never seen a graphic novel manuscript. I've never seen what it is. So to go from knowing screenplays to going, okay, now I need to describe everything I want to see in the panels to action because, you know, I don't have to describe everything. The artist is going to do a lot of the work for me. So what dialogue do I need to drive the story forward and what don't I need? And to tell a story about a man whose job is to basically know the world's coming to an end, to keep that vibe there, that energy, and to find a man who's literally lived such a dark existence. I mean, knowing that everyone around here is going to come to their demise. He can't be close to anybody. He can't fall in love because it's just going to hurt himself. So he's like the loneliest man alive. 
and of course the tragedy is he falls in love with a woman who's not on the list someone who's not meant to survive the end and his best friend who's also a soldier fell fate to the same task and then started fighting against everything that Haven stood for and said you know what no 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 if she's a good person and I know she was if she's not chosen and she can't enter this is wrong and so it's really interesting the dichotomy between all these characters so that's cool that, that sounds good before I get into your new series I wanted to ask any other Marvel like are you into the comics at all are you into anything else so interesting. When I was raised, I wasn't privy to comics. I didn't have a lot of money, and the last thing my father wanted to spend money on was going to be comics and things. So I was raised in a sports household. Football was on Sunday. The Buffalo Bills were great. I was a sports fanatic, played sports my entire life, and then really became a film watcher as I grew up on my own, and then moved out to Los Angeles and learned about theater and the real true art behind it. And only over the last couple of years have I been fortunate enough to be among this crowd. Uh, first time was the San Diego Comic-Con last year, actually. It was the first time I got to meet so many amazing people and be a part of this. And it was incredible. And I went home going, there was so much positivity in this world. You know, there was nobody pointing fingers and picking on anybody. People were allowed to be free and do what they want to do. There was no bullying, as we all know, is a huge problem. This is a great positive place, and to be a part of it and to see everyone's love for it. We're in the entertainment industry. That's the job. That's it. All right. You can't assume to be curing cancer or anything else like that. You just help to let everyone forget about those problems with entertainment. And so to come here and see everybody thoroughly entertained in this world has been a true blessing. That's awesome. You have a new series coming out. God willing. Everything works out. We got done shooting a pilot. Natalie Portman's producing. Tony Krantz, incredible man, he did 24, he's done TV series after TV series, the man is uh, brilliant, our writing uh, staff is incredible, the script, the cast, Claire Filani's in it as well, and it's 70s fashion industry coming to Beverly Hills, so it's the iconic era that we all know and love at its best, and it's actually a very uber successful romantic novel back in the early 80s, Scruples, of the same name, it was called Scruples, and this pilot's called Scruples, and it was, it was a sexy book. Judith Krantz wrote it, which is uh, Tony's mother, actually. And I had the opportunity to meet her, and her favorite character was Spider Elliot, which is the character I'm playing. And I don't know if I'm actually allowed to say this, but at some point I'll, I'll get the permission, and I'll give it back to you, but the name Spider lives here. And there's a reason that the character carries that name. Okay. Last question. You said you were a Gambit fan earlier. I showed you the new Gambit art. What do you think about it? I think it's incredible. I think it's the perfect way to take Gambit. We all uh, evolve and change. I mean, look at how far Batman's come from the West days of it all on TV to what he is now with the Dark Knight. Gambit is evolving, and I think that it is time. It is time right now to to take this new gambit, and I think that's the gambit that we all need to see. You know, we need to watch his story and do it in the world of what Wolverine did, you know? Seeing his origin, seeing that dark character carrying this burden on his shoulders, traveling along. To me, when I really started studying Gambit on my own, I saw Doc Holliday. That's what I saw. Doc Holliday in Tombstone. Val Kilmer, who's actually here. What he did with that, I saw a lot of gambit moments in it, you know, the swagger and the charm and that Cajun world that was very cool. Maybe you see it, maybe you don't. That's my opinion. That's awesome. 
how can people find you? I know you're on Twitter. You're on Facebook as well. I am at Chad M. Murray on Twitter. I don't do Facebook. Actually, I'm not a social media guy. I just started Twitter because I felt like everyone's so in touch with their fans and I don't know how to do it. So I felt like I was losing that intimacy and I've been really lucky to now have a group of people that I can talk to and send you know positive vibes out to the world and give them inspirational moments and quotes and things via Twitter. TheChadMichaelMurray.com on that website, you can actually get two short stories for free on, in the Everlast world. One is Flight of the Cormorant, one is Phoenix. Phoenix is actually in the book at the end, and it's a prose story. So that one's a eight-page prose. The other one's an 11-page prose, and they're just different adventures Derek Everlast goes on and people that he has to save and new villains. And it's just a cool little world that I'm just having fun just writing stories and giving them out to, for free. That's awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, I appreciate it. Hey, thank you, man. Seriously.